Amy. Yes, Casey? Don't you think that the good listeners of this podcast deserve, nay, need an episode most excellent? I do, Casey, but what would we make that podcast about? Ha, silly Amy, we need to do an episode about Bill and Ted. That would be most excellent. Most excellent, not at all heinous nor bogus. No, we shall bring peace and podcasts to all listeners across the galaxy. not do that voice the whole time i can but it's it's hard to take off i the cadence will probably be there yes and my head is definitely going to bobble around (laughs) yes you can't see it but he is very much a most excellent a most excellent head bubble oh do they have one they should have one of those if they don't already so they had pop figures at one point if you don't know we're talking about bill and ted and if you don't know it's because you didn't listen to the intro bro oh that is most heinous (laughs) Um, intros tell you what the episode's going to be about sometimes sometimes it's just a joke unlike this episode <laughs> no jokes here no Super completely serious. so serious complete Super realistic and, yes but yeah they should have a bobblehead of i feel like at some point they might have but i've seen the pop figures and they had like dolls like action figures like yeah. a set that came out yeah i remember when the like the pretty fancy sculpted ones they were expensive they weren't expensive they're cool i liked the wild stallions t-shirt yeah i'm a big fan so so bill and ted, bill and ted. the quote-unquote final of the trilogy movies came out a couple days ago yeah. last week about a week ago about a week ago yeah. <laughs> uh, which was Bill and Ted based the music. So, of course, we watched it, but we thought we would kind of review the series as a whole. Most appropriate. Yes. Most. Most. <laughs> <laughs> most, most. So, let's start with our history with the series. Sure. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. Yours is... There's a lot of time travel, but let's... You are at the beginning of this timeline from seeing... It is true. My history with Bill and Ted goes back generation. A generation. <laughs> I was like, nope, no, no, nope. nope, just a generation. So Bill and Ted, the first and the second, were like... I don't know when my mother saw them the first time, but she loved them. She is a big Keanu Reeves fan and also a unexpected stoner movie fan. And so I grew up watching Which Bill and Ted. Keanu uh, said in an interview most recent uh, that they actually aren't stoners. They're just positive people and nothing bothers them. Yeah. I it's a stoner culture movie and like 
you know, it, it, it if falls you've seen into the movie, like it, it makes sense. But he said that they themselves aren't actually stoners. That this actually does not surprise me because they actually never reference anything close to that really in any of the movies. But they fall into that category of vibe, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's like the the surfer voice and, yeah. and everything. Which but. my mother is also a fan of surfer movies, specifically Keanu Reeves surfer movies. <laughs> I was going to Point Break? Yes. <laughs> Listen. The amount of times I have seen Point Break. I saw it for the first time about three years ago. It doesn't feel like that long ago, but I guess it was. But it's a solid movie. Yeah, it's a solid movie that I have seen at least 20 times. <laughs> um, but... She really liked Bill and Ted, so I don't remember the first time I watched Bill and Ted. I've watched it too many times to count, and we had it on DVD for as long as I can remember, and it was just, you know, it was something that we we wanted to cheer up, we would watch it. So it was a a family tradition, you could say, at least between me and my mother. But yeah, that's pretty much my history with Bill and Ted, it was just a beloved movie in my household growing up. And so I've seen it many a time. Hmm. What about you, Casey? My turn. So, my history with Bill and Ted goes all the way back to probably the, maybe the year 2000, when I remember seeing cheat codes in the cheat code book that I had <laughs> for... A Bill and Ted game on Game Boy. Nice. I did not know there was a Bill and Ted game. Cut to many all. years later. <laughs> uh, was it a good game, though? I have no idea. It was just there was codes for it. Oh, so you didn't play it. You just saw the codes. No, it was just like, back in my day. Uh, you had to buy the cold books. Yeah, there used to, there used to be books that what? you would buy that had codes now, now i'm going to christopher you know Logan. i have to embrace it most excellent uh oh man <laughs> yeah no but th- they used to have books with cheat codes in it and i just remember bill and ted and like i had seen images here and there but i didn't actually see the movie until a year ago yeah about a year ago about a year ago about a year ago you and your mother Yes. Introduced or finally showed the movies to me. Yes, it's true. That that's the end of that's my time. Yeah. And G- then Thanks for listening. And then the three of us watched the newest one together. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Bonding. But it we thought that because it came out and it did the uh premiere on where you could buy it or rent it. Yeah, for, it debuted on streaming services. Yeah. And so most people could watch it and it wasn't something that was being like held back in theaters or whatever that we could, you know, do a podcast episode about it because it was a most excellent time for that movie to come out. It really was. But why don't we start from the beginning? So let's talk a bit about our feelings on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So that might be my personal favorite. Of the movies, mostly because it has everything I want out of, like, a fun time travel movie, which is time travel, weird, like, historical things that are getting all messed up, people being out of time in modern day and having, like, zany adventures 
MTV's Dan Cortez. Cortez. <laughs> um, but I also like I like this the setup with the princesses and like their relationship with them, which is like surprisingly like goes through all the movies. They are very loyal dudes, mm-hmm. and I I think it was just like a lot of times when I was in school and I would like write stories. So we had the the FCAT, <laughs> which was the like standardized test for Florida. And for a while there was a creative writing section. And my favorite thing to do was just what it was what is basically self-insert fan fiction to an extent, which is, you know, do a modern day person interacting with something that falls outside of the realm of things and bringing it into like, in this case, like your class or something. And it makes like, you have this kind of adventure outside of stuff in your own reality. And the end of uh, the first movie is exactly that, which just like fills my heart with fuzzies. Because they time traveled so they could do their homework. Yeah. And just they do the presentation at the end. And the presentation is like my favorite part. It's yeah. really good. And it's surprisingly like well acted for as much as people make fun of that movie. And it just it's it's feel good. And it's this one might take the cake out of it. Like the newest one might meet it. But it was one of the it was the most feel good of the two movies before the third one came out. And that's what I liked about it. Hmm. I mean, it, there are a couple things in both of both of those movies that don't hold up over time, but for the most part, it does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple things. There's some a few, like, oh, yes, things you could say that were no problem in the 80s yeah. and the 90s. And nowadays, we're like, that's a bit problematic. Yeah. But, you know, at least with Reeves, it means that we know that he has evolved as a person from that. And I think the movies have evolved from that a lot. Um, so you can see that kind of thing. And I think that that kind of stuff is also why the second one is probably my least favorite out of all of them so far. Because we'll talk about when I get to the second one. What are your feelings on the first well, most excellent movie? Before we go deeper into the other movies, we have the same order. Really? Most similar. That voice hurts my throat. It doesn't for me. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think the first one's still my favorite. It's the most pure. uh, Origin stories. I mean, it's, I think it's still the funniest Mm -hmm. uh, and the most clever. Uh, And then I would probably say three and then two. Uh, I would agree. But yeah, like it was just. It's just a really good time. It knows exactly what it's doing. And it's weird because, like, you know, one of the biggest things about a time travel movie or a story involving time travel are, like, okay, what are your rules? And does it fit plausibility (laughs) of time travel? Mm -hmm. Can your brain wrap itself around, okay, yeah, no. That's how this works. If and how time travel works this seems to follow that mm-hmm. as weird and like ridiculous unbelievable at times yeah it still fits yeah it it's definitely it sets up a pretty like s- surprisingly specific set of rules which is like you can kind of do what you want and interact with the past as you want 
because so long as you remember what you've done, it means that that's what was done. And I like that Bill and Ted, you know, they they aren't the the, the brightest, brightest bulbs, uh, but they still have a bit of pop culture knowledge and you know they've seen yeah. stories involving time travel so they're like well if it works in these things that must be how it works mm -hmm. and i i like that element to it and i like the i think they they kind of play with it a little bit more in the the second one uh but the idea of like well we can do everything everything's gonna work out because we already did it <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you know. and, and i like the overarching story of like they despite knowing what their destiny is supposed to be, they still have what amounts to like free will and free choice. And despite the fact that there is a linear-esque future that they are working towards to save. And I like the idea of saving the world with music. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And how like, I think this is a, a more fun version of how your passions and your interests and the things that you nerd out about can save the world because there's a lot of stories that try to do that. One of the ones that comes to my brain is like Ready Player One, which comes across a lot of times as someone who enjoyed Ready Player One and hated Armada, um, it comes across as overindulgent sometimes and Bill and Ted doesn't come across as indulgent. I... I that's one of the last words I would use to describe yeah, it's just, all of the movies. Yeah, it's it it feels surprisingly down to earth and real for being a thing about a little phone booth that travels through time. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> um, but like, and they can instantly make friends with Genghis Khan and Napoleon and all those people. Yeah, and I like that. Uh, Joan of Arc is also one of my favorites. She's fun. It's just, and they actually, they don't kind of write around it or make any sort of tricks. It's like, uh, Socrates, like, <laughs> speaks Greek Speak. yep. and doesn't magically know how to speak English like nope. a lot of the things do. But, and I like that, I, I would say the first one has the lowest stakes yeah. probably out of the three but i kind of like that it's yeah. very simple and just like you know man we need to pass our test or i'm going to military school but and i don't want to well it's not just that they don't want to it breaks up the band it breaks up the band like but it's it, it's just funny how they uh such extravagant things happen from mm -hmm. such a simple premise yep uh it's like you know Basically, it came out in the 80s, so, like, that was the time of, like, the Brat Pack and, and all that kind of stuff. And I like that, you know, it starts off as, like, oh, man, I'm having trouble with school. This is going to reflect, this is going to affect my relationships and my growth as a person. And life is so hard right now. Let's time travel. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, he has the dad that's, like, Rah, rah, rah. you need to be a better person and uh, live up to my expectations of you. And and it's like he's putting all that on him. And it, it's fun to see them succeed just being who they are. And I really enjoy that. It's also, I really like the montage of the mall and the water park. Like, stuff like that is, you know, 
middle of Avengers movie kind of wacky that I love. Yeah. Uh, Give me wacky time travel hijinks that like have stakes, but also are just for fun. And I'm a happy camper. <laughs> and ad- adding Actually, on to- Actually, I'm a happy Amy. I don't want to go camping. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> but adding on to that, like, you know, in a lot of time travel stories, again, you have to follow these rules and, you know, there there is a, a focus and a drive of like, in Endgame, it's like, okay, you know, if something happens out of this continuity, it starts to split and make another timeline. And I like that Bill and Ted are both just like, man, things might get all out of whack, but it'll end up okay. Like, yep. <laughs> you know, we might end up creating several timelines in parallel thing. It's, it'll all be okay. They're just two positive dudes. Yeah. So I, I think the, the purity and the just, it it's the most fun and yep. lighthearted. Yep. In a series of lighthearted movies. Yes, I agree. So it is definitely number one in more than one way. Whoa. Whoa. And also that is the source of Keanu's whoa. whoa. Yeah. Also, whether or not we actually take this picture, which you might have seen before listening to this podcast, we really do look like Bill and Ted. <laughs> if, if, if the heights were changed. If the heights were changed, but the ship was true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do. It's funny. Yeah. Anyway, that just crossed my mind. Movie number two. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I like this one. Like, even though, you know, we, we said it's probably both of our least favorite. That doesn't mean that it's not good. No. And that it's not super fun. Uh and I respect the heck out of this. Like, this is the, probably the one of the three that I respect the most. Because instead of doing what a lot of sequels do, because they, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was supposed to be a one and done thing. Like, there was clearly no intention for any of it to get popular or anything. Just like, we just made a movie and, okay, we're, we're done now. And, oh, oh, it's like popular and people like it and oh, they want so more. Oh, so we need to make another one? Okay. And so whenever you have that element, it's so it's, easy to go down that track of like, okay, let's do it again. Just like, you know, this time in spice. Spice. Or, <laughs> or like get lost in trying to like hook everything together and, and like do some kind of- Connect everything, but also one-upping yourself. Yep. And, you know, you have more of a budget this time. So like go for broke and stuff. And they're just like, no, nah, we're just going to do something completely different. It's like, and now for something completely <laughs> different. different. And so the best things about this movie are death. Death. Death is great. Death is great. And his whole wacky. Everyone should love death. Yes. And his whole wacky everything and like them dealing with their nightmares and just like everything like that. I I really do enjoy. The only reason that this one ranks like lower for me is I, I'm not a fan of Robo Bill and Ted. And and not in that I think that they're a bad like plot device or whatever. They're fine. I I don't like their attitudes and I don't like <laughs> the things that they say because most they're most heinous. Yes, they are most heinous and they are most derogatory. And so like out of all of the movies, this one has the most like mean spirit because they're there. 
versus like the other ones where the first one doesn't really have an antagonist so much as like a deadline. The most antagonist you have in that movie is his dad. And even then he's doing it out of like fatherly Yeah, he thinks he's doing the right thing. And then this one you get to see more of and you get to see him just get to ham it up in this one. Uh, And even like in the third one, like he his role becomes much lighter. Yes. And for uh, the where the heaviest thing in the first movie is, you should do what I say, son. Yep. You know, when that's the the The, heaviest part of the movie, you know. I mean, it's just funny to think about. The stakes are like you break up the band, the universe goes to heck and all that kind of stuff. But then you go to the second one, you actually do go to hell. So, but I I think that that's probably because you don't get it as much in the third one either, which we'll get to eventually. It it has the most moments of mean spirit, which makes it the, the least fun to watch. And so I think that part is probably why it's my least favorite. So I think the thing for for me, and again, like we both of us enjoy all three yes. films a lot. Uh, I think my issue with the second one more than the other ones is that it seems to uh, have different plot threads that are going. It it yeah. seems to wander a bit, and that it doesn't. It's not as like the first one has its through line through and through. It is surprisingly linear for a time travel. It movie. very much is, and the second one, I'm just like, okay, well, there's the, the evil Robo Bill and Ted, but then they're also going to hell, and then they're also ghosts, and they're trying to do it. like fix the mistakes, and the, like it was just a lot of different and things. And then there's a a band thing, like the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. Also happening. Yeah. So it was like it uh, sometimes uh, I I had a problem with this uh, in in our last episode when we talked about some of the games that I beat in quarantine. Wow. Look at that call. Uh, One of the games in that one, uh, I liked the 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 story of the first game over the second game because the second one seemed to have too many different plot threads. And I'm and I just found myself. Asking myself, okay, wh- where is this going? What is this all leading to? Mm-hmm. And even if it does all kind of like, you know, line up nicely and tie itself in a neat bow, as this one somewhat does, mm-hmm. it was still just like, okay. But the fact that I'm just asking myself, wait, so where is this? What? Where is this going? Where are you going yep. with this? Uh, kind of that. That's what brings it down a little bit for me. It was a little bit. I don't want to say aimless, but definitely didn't have as much of a focus as the first one does. Yeah, I will agree with that, too. It was the second one, I think, had a lot of concept ideas and tried to execute on all those things to kind of expand the universe a little bit. Because you have the people like the robots are sent by someone from the future who wants to mess it up for whatever reason. And you have like... They want to mess up the most excellent future, whatever. Um, And you have just like the whole journey of coming back to life, but you have the whole battle of the bands. And it's just, there's, they, they had a lot of ideas and they tried to link up the ideas best they could. And I think that they did better with a more linear story because I think they just, they were trying to find their footing doing something else and they didn't miss the mark 
they just kind of hit the edge of the mark. Yeah, and I, I think, and again, this is why I say that it's the one I respect the most, because they're like, we're not going to follow yep. the formula. We're not going to copy what we did for the first one. We're going to do something and go in the completely opposite direction. <gasps> the first one went to the past. This one goes to the future. Sort of. Sort of. This but one goes like, to hell. <laughs> but I, I do think death was a great addition to the uh, band. And I think that, like... There's a lot of uh, really fun scenes and a lot of... Uh, a lot of really... There, there's a lot of really creativity great moments. And creative choices yeah. like from the actors and stuff. I would say, so if I were comparing, which I am, uh, <laughs> the first and the second one. The first one is, like, consistently funny. Yep. Uh, the second one wasn't as consistently funny, but it had some hugely funny moments. Yes. I will agree with that. So it's like, it hit harder when it hit, but it wasn't always hitting. Yes. If, like, yeah. the first one was the easy river where you just enjoy the whole ride, where the second one was a roller coaster where sometimes you're just like, whoop, meh, whoop, meh. Which is still fun. Yes. Roller coasters are roller most coaster, fun. And I actually really love roller coasters, but it was the only metaphor I could think of. I'm going South Park. Yeah, was, oh, no. I think we should get on to the third movie, The Death in the Trinity, Bitten Face the Music. Okay, stop. <laughs> I'm not a- Hello, listeners. This is a PSA. I am not a South Park fan. I do not apologize for this. So, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Whoa. So, this one came out how many years later? Like... Uh, hold on. the The second one was nineteen ninety one, so twenty nine years later. There you go. So they had a lot of time to think about what they were going to do, and I think they made the right decision. Yeah, uh, I will say I know like it officially started production and like started moving forward as of two thousand and ten. So the actual like making of the movie took ten years. Yep, which is you know I think that they felt out kind of the options that they had before them and what they wanted because with the with the duology the the through line was pretty much you know two friends having most excellent adventures and saving the world with their music with the being true to themselves yeah with the third one when you expand to a third one, you kind of get to show more of what the roots of your story are because two don't have to be as similar. You know what I mean? Whereas when you go to three, you have to link up now three different ideas, which means that you have to have a slightly more consistent through line that you're trying to put across because no one watched Bill and Ted one and two thinking that there was going to be like an epic ending. It was just two fun movies. When you make a third one that you're proclaiming is pretty much like the end of your trilogy, people are now expecting to see Bill and Ted save the world with their music because that was what was promised. When you don't tell us we're getting an ending, there's no expectation. And so with this one, I think they actually did like one of the best choices they could, which is to an extent doing both movies both of the first movies yeah they did they really did like they they just took 
parts of both and weaved it into one story. One story. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Um, I, cause they brought in going to hell and bringing back death and dealing with like the fallout that they showed at the end of the second movie. Uh, there's also elements of time travel. There's time travel stories gathering there's all the posse problems from the future. And there's the relationships with the princesses and alternate Bill and Ted's. And also a slightly all-knowing mentor figure-ish. She, she's not a mentor figure so much in this, but she serves the same purpose in her own way. Yeah. Um, so, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I liked it. I was worried that I wouldn't because there was such a build-up to it that I was really worried that, like, coming from really liking the first two movies that I would be slightly disappointed with whatever direction they were going to do, especially knowing that like it was going to be more of an ensemble focus than just the main two focus. And also the space between the second and third movie was almost as long as you've been alive. It's true. Almost. I'm old. But I didn't exist yet. Me, 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 me. I only existed a little bit. I'm like this cat who is full of existence. Bye. <laughs> um, but I, I think the choice to add the families and have a big part of the movie be about their relationships to their families was a really good idea because it fit the, the moment in life that they were in. And it reminded everyone that they were good guys like good well-meaning guys that just are a little spacey do you know what i mean yeah and like they well i still would have always have liked more to see them more and i'm sure at some point there were more uh more stuff with them the princesses got stuff yeah. to do this time though i think we watched a review with one of your people that you like to watch. And I will agree. The one thing, for as much as I love the actresses that they got to play the princesses, I'm sad they recast the princesses. Yeah, me too. And, you know, not everyone can be ageless like Keanu Reeves, but even even with that, uh, it, it's just like, no, like, you, you keep hearkening back to the old things and, and tying everything back together. Even if it... Even if you couldn't get the same two princesses from one of the movies, like yeah, it 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 felt a little. I felt a little cheapened by it. Yeah, as much as I do enjoy both of them as well. Well, it is partially because, like you know, they're a lot younger, they're Hollywood old, and I think the one thing that that detracts from Bill and Ted Face the Music is they kind of succumb to that like cast the young pretty. Which Hollywood older women. It also just doesn't make as much sense to me because uh and it took that was the only part, strangely, out of all the ridiculousness in that movie, mm -hmm. including muscle oh. suits. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh that was what took me out of the movie. Because they make such a point in the first and second movie mm -hmm. of like they they brought these girls back with them. Because they were the same age as yep. them. And they're like, whoa, 
they're like, we can take them on dates and like yep. take them to the dance. They and were to prom teenagers and falling in love with other teenagers. Because in the first one, I think they go to prom or something. Or they're, uh, or they're at least like dressed up. They, and, like, they talk about it, yeah. Yeah, and it's like the idea, and it's a funny idea, of course, like, you know, they are just going to enroll in school, I guess, yeah. you know, and just... They're just going to, like, live uh, like people. Assimilate to modern society. Yeah, they seem to be, like, totally on board with all that, but... So, it, that just, like, it it tipped the scales in a weird direction. I agree, and so, like, that was, that was the weirdest thing. The second weirdest thing was watching, um, oh my god, Samara Weaving do the voice. Eventually, it became fine. But having seen her in other things where she doesn't talk like that, it took me a second. Yeah, and, you know, some people uh, like, and so some people like what uh, Bridget Lundy Payne, who played uh, Ted's Ted's daughter, daughter, uh, she was doing more of, like, it seemed like an impression and, like, you know, a, a, a... carbon copy of Keanu Reeves yeah. and like and that was most excellent uh and Samara took you know elements uh, of Bill took elements of the Esquire uh yes. and was like okay I'm gonna take some of that but then I'm also gonna do my own thing mm-hmm. uh so that's like I really appreciated that versus a spot-on impression even though I'm someone who likes and does spot-on impressions when you I can't our intro produced that. Yeah, I I think what makes makes the two of them work is that only one of them was doing that, and one like it was two different styles. Yep. Much as like you know, Bill and Ted are very similar in so many ways, but they do have their own sort of yep. style. And so I think if both of them were just doing impressions, it would have it wouldn't have worked as well as like there there was a little bit of that variety. And and I like the two of them together, and and I bought it. But yeah, I mean. Samara Weaving, we're, both of us are more familiar with yep. her. And it, it did take a second for my brain to adjust. Yep. So I think that was the only thing that was like that. I liked that a lot of this... For So aside from the casting stuff, I liked that a lot of this movie focused on their relationships with the princesses. I think there could have been more with the princesses' parts and like seeing more of their side of this adventure. Yeah, because you get to see that their their faces are covered and stuff but you get to see like the older version of them yeah. and i and like even if it was just a scene even if it was just a scene i would totally take i want to see i wanted to see what was going on with them and yeah. watch because they talked about the the older versions warning them and telling them like you know stay away yeah i i wanted to see that and yeah which i get why they couldn't because they already had two two storylines going on but i i would have liked to see that though i did enjoy that like they went to therapy and a lot of it was about bill and ted as a unit needing to be able to identify themselves outside of the unit um because even like when they talk about it, we, even we're doing it the princesses like everything is like segmented into the double couple and i liked that it was about them being able to kind of become their own person because for the longest time they've just lived as Bill and Ted, the wild stallions trying to save the world. Yeah. That's the, the couples therapy, just, just the premise alone is really funny. Yeah. And just like, okay, 
say I love you to your wife. We love you. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just like no, have your own identity. And you know, and I I like there's a lot of comedy there, but this one also had like I don't want to say tragic because it's not tragic, but there there is a there's a cat, but there's also uh, a deep like you said, a deeply rooted character study in there. And there there was some depth to this one. There was a lot of depth to this Bill and Ted movie that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Or I was, I don't say I wasn't expecting it. I was actually kind of hoping that it would because, you know, as youthful as their energies are, you can't ignore the fact that, you know, they have lived lives and they have gotten older and time has passed. Yep. Uh, but. And that even if they come across as being in the same place they still have changed by nature of existing for so much longer yeah and it's great that they are still a team and they they care about each other so much but i think like in the way that it's it kind of speaks to the earlier movies in the franchise is like guys you need to have your own individual thoughts too because they would always finish each other's sentences and mm -hmm. you know there were there was such a simpatico relationship between the two of them and this this movie asked the question of like okay but what about you specifically yep now i'm not talking about ted like what do you bill enjoy that's that's just yeah. one of those things of like tell me something you like without involving ted yeah or tell me something that you like not involving bill and so i, I liked that yeah and learning that if they don't do that, they end up alone so much and they, they're not happy that way. That their happiness that they used to have where the two of them seem to be like A-OK -okay, so long as it's like Bill and Ted was not really true anymore because they get sad when they find out that their daughters won't talk to them anymore. They get sad when they realize that their wives have left them and that like by kind of putting off this responsibility and putting like by not if they don't own up to what they need to do whatever that was that their lives are ruined because they ruined it yeah and like for as much as it's about and also Dave Grohl and also Dave Grohl <laughs> uh as much as it's about time travel it's also about dealing with the time that is, has passed and isn't you know at some point, time has to pass and not be erased or changed. Yep. But they also, like, it, it was so Bill and Ted that they named their kids Bill, Bill and Ted. Ted. Yeah. Um, and so I, I predicted once that happened, what that ending was probably going to be. Yeah. I mean, I did too. And, uh, I mean, what, what do you think about that? Like, do you think that that was supposed to be a twist ending? Because the way I see it, it just seemed that it didn't need to be a twist ending for us. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a twist that it was like, it's really about their daughters. It was more of, it was a twist for Bill and Ted. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. And I think it was less of, we're supposed to think of it as a twist than it's a moment of kind of growth and and like that light bulb enlightening moment going off for the two of them of like, you know, the way that you think things have to be doesn't mean that that's the way that they're going to be. Like, they spent their whole lives thinking they they are going to have to write this big song and they tried to do it and they sacrificed a lot of their relationships for that. 
when really it was the relationships that they made having these daughters, raising these daughters to love the music that they love that let their daughters put together this thing that they played and all together. Because I don't really think it was um, the daughters saving the universe by themselves because it wouldn't have happened without Bill and Ted doing what they did. But it also wouldn't have happened if Bill and Ted also didn't step in to do their part of that song. And so I think it was more about... And the daughters, too. Yep. And Mm -hmm. so I think it was more about, you know, family and just the idea that inevitable destiny is not necessarily what you think it is. Yeah, and also, like, another thing, like, I I, I will say, like, I pretty much predicted how it would end, (laughs) but I'm glad that I'm glad that it ended that way because it's like whenever, you know, they they were doing the same thing. One of the things that they did similarly to the first one is getting the group of uh, people throughout history and putting them together. And I was like, they keep emphasizing and focusing on the song. And I was like, but they're just trying to stop the end of all existence Mm -hmm. and like the only way you can really do that isn't and even if it was through a song that doesn't it doesn't have to be like tenacious d it doesn't have to be the greatest song in the world (laughs) it just has to be something uh unifying yeah and so i i I saw that coming but i'm glad that it it was that way because i'm like it, it really is the only way that makes sense like the only way to stop existence from ending is for existence to come together mm-hmm. and not just all this. Well, that was a good song. That was a good song. Let's just keep playing on the radio. Forever. Like, how is that going to do anything? But the, the, the gathering and the, and then the giving of music to the everyone. Camaraderie, yeah. Like they, they hand out instruments to everybody throughout time. It's almost like if you want to make a difference, you personally want to make a difference in the world. You do that through through the things that you love. And through connections with other people. Yeah. And And so through the love of what you love to do, but also through the love of the people that you love. Yeah. And it it's kind of like that reverb that reverb, that ripple of, you know, you make something that affects the people that you love. Those people have people that love them that you don't know and they spread and it spreads and it spreads. And it's it, it the only way to find that kind of peace is to find something that people can all come together over. And this was quite a time yeah. for that to hit. Yeah. And I, I think much like how the movie ended, uh, I think you know, putting it straight to streaming and and straight into the hands of the people is what the movie's about. And I don't think it was ever really about this movie needs to make a lot of money because like they're fine. Like can't like it was just mostly a, a passion project with the writers and then Keanu and Alex Winter. Uh, it sounds like his name's Keanu Winter. You know his name's Keanu Reeves, but uh, <laughs> it is more like a passion project for them. And I was like, we just want people to see this and mm-hmm. enjoy it. 
rather than try to profit from it. Yep. And you can really feel that. I don't even think like even the other movies doesn't I, I never feel a sense of we need to profit from this. No, because the thing about it is like the first one was never meant to really succeed. It was just meant to like people having fun. The cat's having dinner, in case you're wondering. <laughs> um, and even with the second one, they're like, oh my gosh, we get to make another movie. Yeah, and like it's it's that ultimate feeling of like when you're starting off or if you're like, you know, just out of school or, you, you know, you make a project with you film some stuff with your buddies. It's just like we don't care about the money or like trying to profit from this. We just want people to see it. Mm-hmm. And that that's how I felt about it. And it's interesting that this trilogy, each of why it's most excellent is that each of the three movies for me mm-hmm. feels and does something different for me. The first one is the one that I have the most enjoyment for. So yeah. that one gives me the most joy and and fulfillment of like of entertained. Yep. The second one is the one I respect the most. Yes. Because it's like, okay, you're doing something different. You're not trying to, you know, sell out or, you know, you're Remake doing your own the thing. the wheel, as they say. Yeah. You're not trying to make lightning strike twice. You're really trying to new things. Yeah. Uh, and the third one, I think, is the one I appreciate the most. Yeah. Because they they there are some like deep themes in it, and there there is a lot of uh, emotional depth to it than the other ones, mm-hmm. and and really tries to evoke feelings for you. So, first one I enjoy, second one I respect, and the third one I appreciate. And I also really like that they're all uplifting movies they always end on a note of something good will happen and i like that especially that it came out in a time like right now is that it's a movie about hope and it's a movie that makes you hopeful that um just people can make things better and that there are enough people in the world that want things to be good for everyone that eventually that will come to pass. It's I find the third one to be the most hopeful of the movies. Definitely. Because it it sees a through line for that. And even as a movie that came out pre-COVID, but like or a video a movie that was like made pre-COVID, it was made during a lot of all the other stuff going on. And it looked at that world and said, no, we can still make a movie about hope. About good old-fashioned people coming together. It doesn't have to be anything more than that because that's all we need. With rapper Kid Cudi. <laughs> I was about to say, I was about to mention him. Who was like the smartest person in the movie. Yeah, and everyone's just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. It was funny. Uh, the I mean, another thing they do are the cameos and stuff, which is, yep. you know, they, they did not disappoint on that front. No. Do we want to, we, we had a deep discussion. Do you want to talk about just other little highlights of that movie? Like Muscle Suit Bill and Ted, who oh, were gosh. scary as hell. Yeah, the, the neck, mu- the, the shoulder muscles on Bill were just bigger than his own head. That was a lot. He was legitimately the thumb man from Doctor Who. The Centaurans, <laughs> yeah. like, was if they took off that spacesuit, that's what that is. And then you have Beer Gut. Keanu, which was... Oh, and they basically made fun of his 
English voice in Dracula. Oh, yeah, because they have a moment where... It's like, why do you have British accents? Because we want to. And it was just like... It was really funny. They get to, to make fun of themselves a little bit. And then we get to hang out with Dave Grohl for a little bit. Yeah, and I liked... I think like one of the more moving scenes was them talking to themselves when they were old. Amy, yes. we have gone this whole time talking about Bill and Ted face the music, and we haven't brought up uh, his name was Dennis, the oh, robot God, from Dennis. the future. And that was the other thing they brought back: robots, evil robots. Dennis from the future. Oh, Dennis, my name is Dennis something something. Yeah. Oh my God, Dennis was so good. Uh, oh, he's oh, played no. by Anthony Kerrigan. Oh no, who? Uh, <laughs> Is a comedic genius. Yes. If you haven't seen Barry, we've told you on this podcast. So that means you didn't listen to us. Like when we were suggesting yes. things to watch. Uh, but he's played by Anthony Kerrigan, who I've met I've met a few times. Mm-hmm. Super nice dude. You so should come funny. on the podcast, man. Man, yeah. Come on, Anthony. Hang out and podcast. With, with us. The, he's really funny. He is <laughs> like one of... He, of a movie with so many ridiculous things and over the top actors and and sequences, like he steals the show a he lot of times whenever he shows up. And like the the thing that he, I I love about him is one of the same things that I like about a lot of uh, Adam Driver's work, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite things that I just personally get so much joy of from as an actor. It's watching someone make a bold and interesting choice yeah because the way he delivers his lines and like on the page i'm sure he would be kind of funny like you know yeah you know oh yeah like that's a funny thing but his his facial expressions even though he's behind a lot of makeup and that suit and everything and his his vocal tone and everything is just so funny it's just like that is that is is peak choice most excellent choice i i just wanted to Specifically point out him because he's hilarious. No, he did a marvelous job. Most excellent work. Most excellent. Yeah. Uh, Was there anything else you feel like we need to cover? I I think that there are movies that if you haven't watched, you should. So right now, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, uh, you can rent Bill and Ted Face the Music for $19.99 because it's still like a premium, like a it just came out technically yep. or you can spend five dollars more and buy it that's yep. what we didn't really like so now we have it forever forever and ever so kind of skip the movie paying like the movie ticket price to just own it just own it own it man but yeah i i think that might be all that i want to say about it yeah i mean it's it's a really solid series and just so much fun um like just if you need something or want to watch something heartwarming or just to distract from the world and like have something with a a positive message, I think you owe it to yourself to to give check out these. this one. Yeah, yep. Give him a shot. Uh, by the way, his name is Dennis Caleb McCoy. Wow, that's his full his full name. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so. so- Thank you for joining us on this most excellent podcast. Yeah, it's it was an episode most chill, most chillaxed. For real. And I I would like to say again, we are in a new recording space, so we're figuring out the sounds. If it's a little weird, sorry, but we're we're getting there. Most new. Most new, most heat wave. 
Most heat wave. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to Talk Nerdy to Me, baby. We come out 7 a.m. PST every Tuesday. And you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcast hosting service that you would look for. Let us know what you want us to talk about next. Yeah, you can tweet at us or talk to us on Instagram or YouTube or pretty much anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I am Amory by the Sea on every social media. I am Case Crusader on all of the things. And we love hearing from you. So your We comment- only bring that up because we're like, tell us what you want to hear because we like hearing from you. So talk to us. Yeah. We talk to you. We talk nerdy to you. Talk nerdy to us. Yeah. And we actually do look at your suggestions and we have a list of episodes to record. And some of them are suggestions from some kind listeners from like listeners, you. Yeah, you beat me to it. I did. Because uh, I want to say viewers, but I'm like, no. That, no. From listeners like you. Thanks, PBS. PBS podcast. I'm sure that exists. Podcast, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is a perfect name for a podcast. Podcast, but dot, 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 dot. Sure. sure. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back in your ears next week with a brand new episode. And most different episode. Yes, it will be something most new. And non-heinous. Until then, be excellent to each other. Bye. Party on, dudes! Party on. I want to say Garth, but it's not a rock Bye!